Oh, are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Let's give this a shot. Hey, welcome. You're listening to Chats from Cabin 15, where leaders and friends of Good News Community Church bring their thoughts on how to live like Jesus as King. I'm Anthony Parrott, and here with me today is our lead pastor, Brandon Morrow. Hello, friends. Good to see you. <laughs> good to see you. How you doing? Uh, always well. Always good to be in your presence. Yeah, same same here. Uh, so you recently uh, took the leadership team of Good News, our elders and our deacons, uh, on a leadership retreat. Uh, every year in January, we get new elders and deacons that have been selected uh, through a combination of discernment and the church and God's involvement. And of course, when you bring on new leaders, they need to be kind of brought up to speed on what uh, the vision and values and mission of Good News is all about. So uh, how did you do that this time? Yeah, so uh, we gathered for a day and a half, and we'll do that. Um, we'll actually do that two more times uh, during the year one about um, how leadership teams view finances in the church and their time about leadership development. So we spent some time you know, in prayer, and we took communion together, and that was a rich time of, you know, growing spiritually, uh, especially in vulnerability about the things that you would pray to God, but you actually say out loud, and, uh, you know, in the presence of other people. And so that was a big growth area, and then uh, we spent most of the time Saturday going through um, the Reformed Church in America polity and governance, and, um, you know, what you find out there is how much you don't know and so that was a good even refresher for myself. So one of the things that we have spent time on, and we took a little dive deeper into, was uh, something called the five functions of leadership. So you talked about the five functions of leadership. And yeah, part of the reason we want to do these podcasts is, you know, Brandon, myself, uh, other pastors, leaders in the church, we develop content, we teach people, but it's not all Sunday morning stuff. Uh, but it's still worthwhile for folks to know and to listen to. And so, yeah, I just wanted to ask Brandon a, a little bit about those five functions of leadership. So if you're a leader, this is what uh, this is good for you. And if you have influence in your family, your workplace, your neighborhood, you're a leader. So this is good content for you to, to listen to. So, Brandon, tell me about uh, the first function of leadership. Yeah, first before we do that, I think um, what the five functions of le- leadership are was actually developed by two guys, Kuzis and Posner, in a book called The Leadership Challenge. Uh, statistically verified, you know, they surveyed umpteen oodles and oodles um, uh, of just different organizations. Umpteen oodles. Umpteen oodles. That's a new metric for me. That is a, it's a scientific measurement <laughs> uh, of, like, what was common in successful businesses or, you know, workplaces, organizations, and, and there are five things. So the first thing that they talked about in terms of uh, functions of leadership is, uh, number one, modeling the way and so that's kind of a basic thing you know that doesn't require lots of explanation Uh, but one of the things i did is uh, we explored that a little more deeply so it's not only just leading others by example um, but here in our church we function in large part by way of missional communities which is like small groups on steroids just a better way of doing life together and so you know we created that expectation if that's something our church is going to buy into then we have the expectation that every single leader is either a part of, of a missional community, they're discerning what it looks like to lead a missional community, or they're spending time with you or in that discernment process on what that next step of being a part of a missional community looks like. And that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. You know, we have a wide range of what missional communities uh, look like. So I think uh, 
many of us can think of why it's necessary and good for leaders to model the way. Obviously, people are looking to them to show an example. Uh, in your experience, what you've seen, what happens when leaders don't model the way? Yeah, there's no credibility. Why, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's really the, the bifurcation between management and leadership. Management, I am, I'm following up, I'm following a particular set of rules, I'm basically driving profit margin, but what leadership is, is I'm going to I'm going to pave the way towards something, a bigger, grander vision, and you have to be the one to model the way. So when you don't model the way, there's there's no capacity for vision. What you have is just people wandering aimlessly. So it's what this is is a uh, a collective pursuit of people um, walking out into the wilderness with their you know machetes, kind of creating a path for other people to follow. And so again, I think credibility makes a huge part of that. Of like, oh, why would why would anyone? follow you if you don't have an imitable life one that is worth following and so i think credibility is a massive 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 part of that yeah there's credibility if you're given an announcement you're putting something in the bulletin you're you're making some sort of change in your organization but the people who are actually leading the organization aren't involved uh no one's going to no one's going to buy in. No, there's going to be very few people who are like, yeah, I want to do that when they don't see anybody to follow. Yeah. That's good. So modeling the way is first functional leadership. What's number two? Yep. So the, the second one is inspiring a shared vision. Now this is, you know, like every church should have the same vision. You know, it, they participate within the same mission and that's uh, to glorify God and make disciples. And so I think if any church's vision deviates from some form of making disciples, we fundamentally have the vision wrong. It should be, it should be expounding on what that looks like, the the God-given dream, and so that's our most basic pursuit of what a shared vision is. But one of the things I would say about that, just in terms of uh, playing off of the credibility part of, of modeling the way, is and we have to have people buy into the process of not just sharing the passion, but rather living it. And so what I would say about credibility from the first remark is that that credibility must be road tested. And so inspiring a shared vision is um, what is a thing that we can, you know, we don't want to create a, a six lane interstate for people to run down um, because people who are just learning to drive will be swallowed up on the six lane interstate. And so we're creating a two lane road where people are getting comfortable with the vision, but knowing that we have a further journey down the way. That's good. That's good. Yeah. that. There's a lot with the conversations we have as a staff in terms of like a clear pathway for people to follow where um, you can contrast that with kind of the smorgasbord approach to, to Christianity or discipleship where you offer up a buffet of options and uh, hope people that find what they like. And that's just not what we're interested in. One, right. it's confusing. Two, it kind of buys into a consumeristic, have it your way, Burger King kind of culture. Uh, and we'd rather have that shared vision where we're all, uh, we, we will go further if we were all working on the same thing together. Hmm, that's good. Yep, I, I completely agree with that. So, you know, I think th the next part after following a shared vision would be um, as you grow into the journey, you've got to either challenge the process or I would change that to challenging the status quo. Um, if you've ever heard the term like... <laughs> That's the way we've always done it before. You need to get out and run as fast as you can. <laughs> so, you know, with that being said, the mission, the greater vision that, that God has given us is greater than the model. And so the model is always subservient to the mission. And so that means like we can change models uh, whenever we want, however we want, in order to fulfill the thing that God has given us. And so, you know, that also implies that the church is not risk averse. Yeah. So meaning like, 
you know, we have to be able to continually launch new initiatives, uh, figure out how to contextually, culturally appropriate, you know, ways of discipleship. And also like knowing that failure is implied that whenever you do launch something, you're, you know, the reality is like you have a 50, 50 chance of either success (laughs) or failure. And when you do fail, it's not like you don't quit. You go back and you find out what is it that we need to learn? What skills do we need to acquire? What resources do we not have? What would we have said to like a previous version of ourselves? And then we do it again and then we do it again and we do it again. And so, you know, I've, I've talked about this before to the leadership team and we call that like a trajectory of change. I'm sure people call it, you know, other things, but like always going back and challenging that process, the status quo, um, you know, um, homeostasis, you know, or I like to think about it. I used to work at a gym and an elderly gentleman came in. He'd been sitting at home for the last 10 years in retirement and his muscles had become atrophied and he was basically dying. So he started to work out in order to give himself, you know, um, a, a greater quality of living. And so we want to continually like, we want to work the, the muscles of the organization again and again and again and again and not get into, you know, a pattern of, um, losing muscle mass so to speak but always changing up our workout plan yeah that's good yeah as or, as an organization gets older and more mature that becomes more difficult because we we see the success of our model and therefore we want to stick with it uh, and then we end up kind of looking behind us and realizing that oh no our model is, is has has started to fail maybe months or years ago but we were too blind to it to to change and by the time we try to you know, to change the metaphor, steer the ship uh, a new direction. It's too late. We're already heading towards the iceberg. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that it's good to to practice change. Maybe for, kind of for change's sake, and kind of for the ability to to stay flexible, to stay limber, so the organization, the church, the the group, whatever you're leading, uh, can can yeah not get stuck in its ways. We are not shy of any metaphors. <laughs> yeah, we will mix all the metaphors, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> so modeling the way inspiring a shared vision challenging the process and the status quo uh what's number four brandon uh number four is enabling others to act you know i think uh as any organization grows it can't be the responsibility of one single person or a small group of people and so we have to follow some form of multiplication process and so you know kind of formulating a plan um and so you know we outlined it as uh, having i see and you conversations of uh, what are what are the innate skills and abilities that are deeply trapped inside of people that they've yet not tapped into? And how can we call them to a greater vision? Uh, another thing I think is really helpful is collaboration. And so we are inviting people uh, to join us in the process. And so, um, you know, it's uh, I, I think you've talked about it before of uh, training. Do you want to mention that of like... I do, you watch. Yeah, yeah, we talk about uh, something called the Leadership Square. Uh, It comes from uh, a writer named Ken Blanchard who talks about uh, adaptive leadership. So, yeah, the I I do and you watch is that first step of the Leadership Square where uh, I'm inviting you into my process of leading. uh, But first thing I want you to do is just watch me do what I do. Secondly, you move into I do, you help. You're actually, like, doing some of the things, but uh, kind of in a second chair kind of role. Then you move around the square to uh, you do and I help. So now you're the one in first chair, but I'm still kind of, uh, you know, giving you some guidance uh, in driver's ed. I've still got a brake pe- pedal on my side of the of the passenger side of the vehicle, but you're the one driving. Uh, and then uh, you do and I watch. 
I'm in the back seat and I'm letting you drive and take take the car where it needs to go. Uh, and I might give you some pointers when the when the trip's over uh, as as to how you can continue to improve. But you're the one steering steering the car. You're the one taking it places. Mm, that's good. Yeah, I think like uh, the brakes is in this you know a necessary you know thing to talk about um the tendency is like when we grant trust we granting ministry capacity to another person is to micromanage and so in you know micromanaging we've not actually granted trust we've actually maybe we didn't communicate something Uh, maybe we're not you know we're not letting our people fail and not letting the organization be risk averse and so we you know uh, i had a mentor who helped develop an acrostic of score um, I've added the E in the acrostic because I think it's helpful. So, you know, in granting trust, here's a couple of things, uh, you know, in recommended guidelines. Um, is your team, you know, here's your acrostic, sincere, competent, open, and reliable? Uh, are, are they also enjoyable? And so one of the things we have to think about in terms of a team, if someone is not sincere, uh, you know, can they be trusted? If they're not competent, if they don't have any idea what's going on, if they're not open, if they're always on the defensive, if they're not reliable, you can't count on them to do anything. And if they're just like a pain to be around, then why are they on your team? <laughs> um, either you've got to communicate and make necessary changes, or you've got to find someone to be a better fit on your team. Um, like one of the things I think churches and organizations, uh, a mistake they make is like, you know, uh, letting letting the kicker play quarterback. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here's the, there's those mixed metaphors again. Mm-hmm. Um, giving someone who doesn't maybe necessarily have the competencies, or maybe they're not reliable, or maybe they're just not enjoyable, into positions of leadership and allowing them to do things, um, even though yet they don't have the capacity. You know, while we certainly want to share in the priesthood of all believers, everybody's got a role and a job within the church. Um, it doesn't mean you need that job. Yeah, and th- and that goes with again the mixed metaphors of uh, of the body of Christ. Yep. Where the ear is not the hand, the hand is not the eye, the eye is not the foot. And if a you know a leader, somebody in authority says like, "Hey, I feel like you might be a better fit somewhere else." Um, that doesn't mean that you're a worthless piece of trash. It means that you're a better fit somewhere else where you, maybe you're a foot and not a hand, and that's okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, as we talk about the the necessity of church leaders and discipleship leaders enabling others to act, it doesn't mean that, like, everybody just gets free reign, right? Yeah, right, right. So, yeah, you definitely want to, like, you need some form of funnel, some form of system. That's why I think the ICNU conversations are very important. And then feedback and follow-up should be, you know, a necessary part of that. One of the things that we didn't talk about, which I would mention, is making sure that um, feedback and follow-up is a part of every single conversation. And sometimes we think about that in terms of, you know, feedback or follow-up is only necessary when performance is threatened. And so we think about that in terms of, you know, critical language of like, oh, you suck, you're terrible, um, I would like to fire you. But instead of like, it doesn't need to be critical in nature, but yet it can build the individual. For example, we'd say instead of you suck, we think love your work ethic. I think you're <laughs> going to be here when you do this. Love your passion. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> gosh, you're you have a great personality. <laughs> <laughs> this is I, I want to keep going down this road. This is a good conversation. John Messer, uh, former lead pastor at Good News, often said there are no self-sent, self-anointed, self-appointed leaders. Uh, meaning, like I think we've all met people who who think of themselves of top, uh, as top dog or top cheese, and they're just going to go ahead without the anointing, appointing, or sentness uh, from a leadership team. And when you look at Scripture, like you just don't see that as a, as a healthy model. People need to be sent, appointed, anointed uh, into leadership. But I think there's a, there's a 
kind of correlating principle that's just as important, that if leadership teams, pastors, disciplers, aren't sending, anointing, appointing uh, new leaders and, and people to do the work of ministry, then don't be surprised if your people start running ahead of themselves, start self-sending themselves. Uh, don't be surprised that if people start kind of going ahead of the organization and either making trouble or starting something new that was successful that you had nothing to do about. So that's why it behooves leaders and leadership teams and disciplers to do the ICNU conversations, do the work of training people uh, so that everybody can stay healthy. And, you know, you might still have leaders who run ahead of the organization. And if it's in the name of God, that might be okay. Um, but make sure you try to catch up. Yeah, and there's something to be said about the proverb, like where there's no vision, the people perish. And so if we've not yet had that sent, anointed, ICNU conversation, um, you're just, you know, you're running around aimlessly. Um, while I'm sure the season of wondering will be good for your soul, it's however not good for the organization. Because if you've not submitted yourself to any f- sense of formal leadership. Um, and so I, I think that's helpful. You know, you don't see that uh, within the scriptures, you know, Jesus doesn't say like, hey, um, you know, I know we just met and I would like to make you fishers of men. Have at it. <laughs> you know, it takes, a, it takes the time to do, you know, uh, a deep and wide investment into their life, into their soul, and into the ways of the kingdom. So I think likewise, any church or organization ought to do the same. And so there's no real cost on development. Um, it's priceless um, in terms of its value to the organization, um, it, but it should come at a dollar amount too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. All right, so modeling the way, inspiring a shared vision, challenging the status quo, enabling others to act. What's the final function of leadership? Yeah, this is this is pretty simple. It's encouraging the heart. Um, you just celebrate your people. Um, be mindful of the hard work like the skills and the abilities where somebody's had a win, where somebody's made great measurable measurable progress and, and bring them before everybody else. Give them a pat on the back. I used to have a, a guy tell me, um, bouquets are good. They make people feel great. Um, but here's the thing about bouquets. Um, they don't live very long, you know, like a, a bouquet of flowers. And that's actually great. And they're not ego-destroying things, but it does say, like, I value you within the organization you're the you're the reason why the world goes round like i noticed when you did this yeah and you know if we can follow that up you know what i think it really actually goes a further length when he said when you did this i think this happened as well that's good and so if there's some return on investment that it's tied to um, because specifically in ministry like everybody wants a metric how do we know when we're successful is it the three B's, you know, butts in the seat, how big is our building, and how big is our budget? Uh, those are often not helpful metrics because there can be s- seasons of stagnation. So how do we help people know that they are, they're winning, they're growing, they're succeeding in their role? So, yeah, celebrate your team, celebrate your people. Uh, here's a really easy one. Write handwritten notes. Uh, what is that? It's, <laughs> it's an ancient... Uh, science in which one will use a piece of papyrus hmm. and then uh, and then you know we'll jump a few uh, decades or <laughs> longer and we'll we use a the feather of a turkey <laughs> and we dip it into some ink nice yeah. nice 
No, you're absolutely right. There's something about a handwritten note uh, that feels a lot better than just like an email. Yeah, yeah that's good. And so, yeah, make it a pro- make it a part of your your organization. It should be a part of your culture yeah. where people are celebrated. And if you're not used to that, my advice would just be to like fake it till you make it. Yeah. Until it becomes a part of you that your life is filled with some sense of gratitude for the people that you work with. That's good. That's good. So again, the five functions of leadership, modeling the way, inspiring a shared vision, challenging the status quo, enabling others to act, and encouraging the heart. And uh, did you share anything else with the leadership team? I did. And so um, hopefully the next time we get together and talk, we'll talk about how shared values, you know, which was number two of the functions of leadership, actually promote a shared vision. And so if we want a shared vision, we have to dig into what our actual shared values are. And that can prove to be a helpful deep dive into the interior of ourselves. That's great. Well, if you're listening, I hope you found this very helpful uh, in terms of your own leadership, both in the church, at home, and in the marketplace. And like Brandon said, we'll be back again with a, a second episode about what the leadership team is learning, what Brandon's teaching them, and, and how it can inspire you to live like Jesus is King. Have a great day. Peace.